open the eyes of our hearts lord that we may see the wonderful things in your law amen in today's chapter in second kings 4 we see how god worked miracles through elisha there are five miracles listed out here in this chapter verses 1 to 7 lists out the miracle that was performed with the widow the woman's husband had died and the creditor was there at the door to ask for the money or take her sons away for the debt that they had to pay and then she comes running to elisha and asks for something to be done and elisha responds okay what do you have in your house only a little bit of oil so he says okay go get all the vessels that you can and there'll be oil pouring forth which you can use for paying your debt and then for living with the rest of the money before anything one of the main questions that keep getting asked is how can a loving god allow slavery let me address that here in an ideal world slavery would neither be an option nor a necessity however because of the socio economic situation of the old testament israel god did allow slavery but he allowed it for a very simple purpose that is to help the poor survive a person could sell himself into slavery which is nothing but you know committing yourself to a job similar to that in order to pay off a debt or provide for a basic sustenance originally we read that god did not intend for israelites to be in poverty as we see in deuteronomy 15:4 but then sin made it so and god allowed slavery to deal with that reality if god is a just god he had to make way for the atonement of sin if you are sitting as a judge and you see a wild man who has committed many horrific crimes what would you do would you just pardon him or would you say hey you deserve a punishment yes that's exactly what it is atonement for sin so that being so even then god enacted several laws to prevent the need for slavery in the first place all of these laws can be found in deuteronomy chapter 24 To sum up, slavery was to be a last resort. Israel was to remember that they were slaves once in Egypt and the Lord their God redeemed them from slavery as we read in Deuteronomy 24:18. Also the important thing is they were not slaves for life rather they can hold them as slaves only for a period of 6 years or in the case of the jubilee whichever comes first either the 7th year they allowed to release them or the 50th year jubilee whichever comes first they allow to release them and not just release them but they allow to release them with everything that he has as we read in Deuteronomy 15:14 that he shall liberally take out of your flock out of your threshing floor out of your wine press as the lord your god has blessed you you shall give to him and that's what makes it very different from anything the world has to offer so this is not slavery in the terms of the world view as we see it even though many might ask why doesn't bible condemn slavery even in the new testament but what they don't understand is god allows stuff like divorce and polygamy and everything else that is due to their sin go on because the perfect world is not in this earth we are just sojourners the perfect world is the one that is yet to come So out of this miracle what do we learn notice that the vessels that the women and the kids brought in had to be empty before they could be filled with oil similarly Christ in all his fullness has come down to the earth for empty sinners and empty sinners only and as long as there is a empty soul that is listening to this message so long there will be a blessing to go forth and no longer 
It is not our emptiness, but a fullness which can hinder the outgoing of the free grace of the living water of Jesus Christ. Second thing is, how much ever vessels she brought, all of them were filled up with oil. If she had brought in only a little number of vessels, only little oil would have come in. If she had brought in more vessels, then more oil would have come forth. And it filled up until the last vessel was full. So that's how it is. Miracles operate through faith. It directly is proportional to the amount of faith that we have within us. Are you looking for a miracle today? It is directly proportional to the faith that you have in God. Verses 8 to 17 highlights miracle where Elisha confronts a barren woman and he promises her a son and it comes to pass in the same way that he prophesied. Notice that in this miracle, she persuaded him to eat some food. Secondly, look at how she tells her husband, Look, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please, let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be, whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. She was concerned about the well-being of the man of God. And look at what the New Testament says in Matthew 10.43. It says, And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose the reward. So as we can see, the reward for her hospitality to Elisha was she conceiving and having a son. This woman who so generously provided material things for the prophet of God was now blessed by the God of the prophet, blessed beyond material things. We can never give our God in debt. He will always repay us more than what we have given back to him. Verses 18 to 37, we see the same Shunammite woman who receives a bigger miracle of raising her own son from the dead. You see, he died because of a heat stroke working in the field. And then, look at what she does. She doesn't go crying to her husband. Rather, she goes crying to the man of God because she wasn't expecting this son. It was God's blessing. So, she wanted directly to put her heart out to God through the man of God. When her husband asks her, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she says, it is well. That's it. What does she say so? That is called a faith. Read in Hebrews 11 that faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That is what the ancients were commended for. Hebrews chapter 11 is known as the faith chapter, the great hall of faith. And you see, Many of those listed out for their faith and this woman gets a place in verse 35 where it says, Women received back the dead, raised to life again. So, she was commended for her faith and she is shown as an example for the faith that we ought to have in these days as well. Even through the troubles and trials that we undergo, we are called to be faithful. Next in verses 38 to 41, we see a miracle concerning famine and food. There was a famine in the land and then all the sons of the prophets went out and gathered all that they could find to prepare a stew. But then they added something which is called a wild cucumber and put it into the pot of stew. And while they were eating it, they found that it was poisonous one. However, Elisha restored it back by just asking them to put in some flour. Not some magic potion, but just ordinary flour. What does it teach us? It is an allegory which teaches us something very profound. 
Amos the prophet said, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. These are the last days that this Amos the prophet spoke about. We are having a famine of the word of God. You can ask, how is it a famine of the word of God? We can see, we can hear God's word being preached on the television, radio, in ministry, booklets, and so on and so forth. So how is there uh, poverty? No, that's not the poverty that this prophet meant. Paul talks about this poverty in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when men will not tolerate sound doctrine, but with itching ears they will gather around themselves teachers to suit their own desires. So they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. You see, people gather around themselves, only those teachers who suit their own desires, who give them only glad tidings. They do not want to hear the harsh truth. They do not hear the full gospel of God. Rather, they just want to hear about what they want to hear and just about blessings and having a wonderful life on this earth. This is the reason in Revelation we see seven times the Spirit wants the church. He who has an ear, let him hear. But too often, ears are tuned to listen to the wrong voices declaring a false gospel. This is the famine that Amos talked about. So just like that famine and the stew that the prophets made, here too we have this false ideas and false doctrines combining with the true gospel of Jesus Christ and making people sick. And what exactly is needed? Flour, which is the bread of life, the pure, unadulterated bread of life. Jesus declared in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Finally, in verses 42 to 44, we see the miracle concerning the multiplication of loaves. He performs a miracle very similar to what Jesus performed of the 5,000 loaves. We see Elisha as a type of Christ because we see many similarities. One, Elijah passes the torch of the ministry to Elisha at the Jordan River. Similarly, John the Baptist passed the torch of the ministry to Jesus at Jordan River. Elisha healed a leper. Similarly, Jesus healed a leper in Mark 1, 40-45. Elisha defied gravity by making an axe head float on water in 2 Kings 6, 6. Jesus defied gravity by personally walking on water in Matthew 14, 22-33. Elisha had a disciple Gehazi who betrayed him and was punished for his betrayal in 2 Kings 5 27 Jesus has a disciple Judas who betrays him and was punished for the betrayal in Matthew 27 3-10. Elisha multiplies the loaf of bread to feed a hungry multitude of people as we see here. Jesus multiplied the loaf of bread to feed a hungry multitude of people in John 6 verses 5-15. Elisha raised the child as we saw here. Similarly, Jesus also raised the child. So, Elisha is the type of Christ as we see. Thus, we see that all these miracles point out to Jesus Christ. May God bless these words. Amen.